Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on July 23rd, 2021 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features an update on the spread of COVID-19 in South Carolina. It ain't good. Governor Henry McMaster gives his advice when asked whether people should get vaccinated. We get a situational update from Dr. Brandon Traxler, and Victoria Hansen has an update with our good friend Meg Kennard and her cancer journey. And just so you guys know, a little programming note, some personal news. This will be our last live episode, you know, live, quote unquote, for the next few weeks as we take vacations and work on some other projects. But that doesn't mean we're leaving you hanging. We have two pods for each week through August. That's right. You're going to be still fulfilled with some beautiful, beautiful content. You'll hear some familiar voices and we'll explore topics not usually discussed on the pod thanks to a bevy of expert voices in our state. Each episode will bring you a different conversation and we're going to kick it off with Meg Kennard looking at the state of the 2022 governor's race. This is going to be some quote unquote interesting stuff these episodes. So stick around, stay tuned, stay subscribed. They'll be in your, they'll be in your pod feed. Just hit play, tell your friends. <laughs> Still, just because we're not around doesn't mean we don't want to hear from you. We do. So call us, 803-563-7169. Leave us a one, two, three minute long voicemail talking about your summer plans, what you're doing. Again, asking you all to tell us about some situations you've dealt with when it comes to vaccine hesitancy or you yourself maybe overcame it. Uh, let us know. We want to hear these stories, 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is substantial, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 9,878 total deaths, and currently there are 606,833 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of July 23rd at 4 p.m. Yes, that's substantial, folks. You heard me correctly. We're no longer moderate, but we're not widespread. And you're wondering, hmm, why are we at substantial? Well, our current percent positive is 12.1%. Our seven-day moving average, 709 cases. That's what we're averaging. And we hit 1,200 cases on Friday alone. Currently, 297 people are hospitalized with COVID-19 in the state. 79 are in intensive care, and 26 are on ventilators. All these numbers for a now highly preventable virus are going in the wrong direction. And DHEC provided us a more detailed look at cases, hospitalizations, and deaths for June when it came to vaccination status. Of the 5,344 cases reported, 93% were considered not fully vaccinated, 86% of the 243 hospitalizations were not fully vaxxed, and 90% of the 39 deaths for the month weren't considered fully vaccinated. So really just illustrating for you there the difference between those who get the vaccine and who don't. So far, 50.1% of eligible South Carolinians have had at least one dose of the vaccine, with only 44.1% or 1.9 million being fully vaxxed. Got a quick little politics section for you here. Members of a Senate Judiciary Subcommittee on Redistricting held their first meeting this week and announced they will hold 10 listening sessions over the coming weeks, receiving public input all around the state and online. You can find those on the scstatehouse.gov website. During that same meeting, staff with the committee said they will be able to start crunching the raw data from the U.S. Census Bureau when it is released on August 16th, instead of having to wait for the more user-friendly release in September. 
This is important as it will take time for state demographers and cartographers to input the data that will be used to redraw state Senate district lines that could represent up to 116,000 people per district, which reflects the nearly 11% growth in the state's population over the past decade. The State House of Representatives announced its redistricting subcommittee, chaired by Florence Republican Jay Jordan. That committee will hold its first meeting on August 3rd. Next up, Accelerate SC met again this week to continue crafting recommendations for the billions in federal funding coming to the state. But the Russ McKinney and the state newspaper's Joe Bustos caught up with Governor Henry McMaster following the meeting to ask him several questions, including what his message is to folks who haven't been vaccinated yet. And you'll hear Bustos follow up with the governor trying to pin him down on his message to half of the eligible population in the state that hasn't had a single vaccine dose. I think we're making progress. We've we've done we, we've taken a lot of steps to see that everybody has the information they need to make a decision. As you know, uh, Peggy and I uh, took the vaccine. Our children took the vaccine. Uh, I would in, in encourage people to make a decision. To, we, we're making the, it available. They need to make their own decision. It's a personal decision. We made our decision. I think it was the right decision to do. Um, but people, if they have questions, they can get answers and they need to talk to the people that they trust, whether it's the preacher or the doctor or neighbors or friends, and make a decision. We made what I think is the right decision. Would you encourage people to get the vaccine? I would encourage people to, to talk, to, to inform themselves. It's a very personal decision. But we know that the vaccine saves lives. We've seen that. We see it in the, the numbers of people going into the hospital, I think is close to 99% are not vaccinated. Uh, so that, that means that the vaccine is working. The message there from McMaster is stark compared to what other Republicans around the country and on cable news have been saying this week since the resurgence of COVID cases fueled by low vaccination rates and the uber-contagious Delta variant have caused some tremors in the economic recovery. Even Alabama's Republican governor, Kay Ivey, said this week, quote, it's time to start blaming the unvaccinated folks for the COVID-19 spike. Definitely not mincing words on that one. Also this week, the governor held a ceremonial bill signing for a law that went on the books in May that many say will save lives, the Student Identification Card Suicide Prevention Act. The act requires public schools serving 7th through 12th grade and public and private institutions of higher learning to provide the phone number of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, an additional crisis resource of their choosing on school-issued student identification cards. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline provides free and confidential emotional support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress 24 hours a day, seven days a week across the country. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Yep, so we skipped our economics section for a bit of a beefier medical section. But maybe here's a little bit of business news for you. Be on the lookout for Boeing's second quarter earnings call on July 28th. Okay, a little business nugget there. One of our top industries is going to be telling us how much money it did or did not make in the last quarter. 
Looking at you, 787. But let's talk about medical here. Yes, cases continue to rise in our state, like we said, fueled by unvaccinated individuals who are likely younger as well. Dr. Brandon Traxler, who's the state director of public health, dispelled several myths on the weekly media call this week. Now, this can come in handy if you come into contact with someone who thinks that maybe getting sick naturally is safer than the vaccine. It's not. And that's among other dispelled and dangerous myths she's been talking about. It's understandable to have some questions about the vaccines. As a physician, I'd like to reiterate some accurate information about vaccine questions or myths that we hear often. Natural immunity is not better than getting the vaccine. We know this because the overwhelming number of cases are among unvaccinated people, some of whom who have a history of previous infection. You're not protected from COVID-19 if you've, uh, you're not definitely protected from COVID-19 if you've already been infected with COVID-19. You still need to get both doses of the Pfizer or Moderna or the single shot Janssen vaccine to really maximize uh, the effectiveness. To be clear, getting the vaccine doesn't mean that you won't get the virus absolutely. There are obviously still some breakthrough cases, but it does mean that you're much better protected from the severe impacts of the virus, which include hospitalization and death. Dr. Traxler said that to date, there have been 542 reported breakthrough cases in South Carolina. Now that's when someone who's fully vaccinated still manages to contract the virus. Now, 542 may sound like a lot, or you might be able to say, look at these people, they got vaccinated, they still got sick. Well, that's 542 out of some 1.8 million fully vaccinated people in our state. Or as AT tells me, that's 271 nine thousandths. There's data. Which is a fraction, because we don't do enough fractions on here. <laughs> anyway, here's more of Dr. Traxler. These numbers very closely and are seeing the same things that you just commented on, um, seeing the increase in, in raw number of cases as well as that percent positivity. Um, I uh, so far have not seen an increase um, in deaths to correspond. Um, you know, this likely is due, as we know from our data, mostly due to unvaccinated people getting infected. Um, we know that the vast, mass, vast, vast majority, more than 90% of our cases, uh, for example, in the month of June, were unvaccinated individuals or people who were not fully vaccinated. Um, and over 80% over of our hospitalizations were people who were not fully vaccinated. Over 90% of the individuals who died uh, from it in June were not fully vaccinated. So um, certainly the vast majority of um, people who are getting infected and having symptoms and needing even hospitalization um, and unfortunately passing away are those who are unvaccinated. Even with large case increases over the past few weeks, we haven't seen that translate into a surge in hospitalizations or deaths, something we heard from Dr. Helmut Albrecht last week, who was with Prisma Health. Now, Dr. Traxer hopes that trend holds, but notes these numbers typically lag. So while we are seeing some increases um, in the number of people who are hospitalized, you are correct that that and then the number of deaths certainly are not increasing um, at that same rate that cases are. Uh, part of that could be due to the fact that, as, as everyone's learned during the pandemic, um, hospitalization numbers can lag a little bit behind cases and, and deaths can lag even behind hospitalization numbers. But likely what you're pointing out is part of what's being seen. Um, that that many of the people who are getting uh, infected, we know, are those younger folks, the younger adults in particular. 
Thanks for that, Dr. Traxler. Next up, during a U.S. Senate hearing this week, CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky says she believes that it is important that schools reopen this fall and that students mask up to protect themselves from infection until they're able to be fully vaccinated. First of all, I want to lean in and say I think it's critically important that our schools be open for full in-person learning in the fall. We have learned enough over the last year to understand what we need to do to keep our children safe, and we believe, based on the science, that we can keep them safe in those settings. How are we going to keep them safe? The first and foremost is the best thing would be to have everybody vaccinated who can be vaccinated. Surround unvaccinated children who are no longer, who are not yet eligible with people who are vaccinated to protect them. So that is the highest and most important thing. For those children who are not able to be vaccinated, they can and should wear a mask in those school settings. And we have said that in our guidance. I want to also uh, comment on one other thing and that, it's, that I think is critically important in the f- school year coming ahead, and that is the role of t- testing. Senator Burr has talked about the importance of other viral syndromes, flu, influenza. Um, We are going to see upper respiratory infections in these schools in the fall. These kids have not been in school. They have not been with each other. And I'm worried about the upper respiratory infections. And we are going to have to understand what is COVID and what is a simple cold among children. So those are among the things that I'm thinking about. Even though the governor allowed parents at the end of the last school year to opt their child out of wearing a mask at school, we're still waiting for DHEC guidance for the impending school year when it comes to safety protocols. Now, still talking about schools, there's been a lot of discussion about when vaccines will be mandatory for students. But as of right now, that won't happen until the vaccine is no longer under emergency use authorization. So when will that happen? Well, according to Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security Situation Report, Pfizer-BioNTech on July 16th announced that the U.S. FDA granted priority review status for the biologics license application for their two-dose SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccine. An FDA official reportedly said a decision on whether to grant full approval for the vaccine's use in people ages 16 and older will come soon, possibly within the next two months. The FDA must make its decision by January under the priority review. Pfizer-BioNTech completed their application in May and expects to apply for full approval for people ages 12 to 15 when data are available. Moderna has begun its application to the FDA for full approval for its two-dose vaccine, and Johnson & Johnson is expected to seek full approval of its one-dose vaccine. And just to show you that our medical section isn't only about COVID all the time, Victoria Hansen brings us the second part of our good friend Meg Kennard's cancer journey that she's been on since February. We're happy to report that Meg just finished 16 rounds of chemo. I mean, remember back to mid-March when we record that pod of me shaving her head and her shaving off my mustache? That was four months ago, folks. And here's Victoria on Meg's current fight. Meg Kennard tackles the weight room like a tough assignment, giving it all she's got. The 40-year-old reporter with the Associated Press is known for going toe-to-toe with politicians. Now she's taking on her biggest challenge yet, a personal battle with breast cancer. Getting more exercise, building more muscle, having more activity is something that cancer hates. If cancer hates it, Kennard embraces it. She's been sizing up the threat since she was first misdiagnosed. In February, Kennard got a biopsy of the pebble-like lump she found four years ago, and doctors decided to watch. The results showed she has breast cancer, but she didn't know what stage or what kind. So Kennard researched every possibility, and when she was told stage 3 invasive ductal carcinoma... I was relieved. 
Because I thought, oh, okay, well, at least she didn't talk about that really bad kind, the really rare kind that's just terrible. At least she wasn't told inflammatory breast cancer. Still, Kennard had a bad feeling. It had taken years to get a diagnosis. What else might have been missed? So she sought a second opinion at MD Anderson in Houston, Texas. There, doctors discover the cancer had not only spread, but is in fact inflammatory. That really bad kind. Rare, aggressive, roughly 3% of all breast cancer diagnoses. Kennard was stunned, but grateful. Finally, she knew her opponent. She struck back with months of chemotherapy, preparing for surgery and radiation. But cancer had other plans. My tumor is definitely being rare and aggressive. The last trip I had to Texas, my doctors told me that my tumor is still shrinking, but it's not shrinking as quickly as they want. The tumor is not yet small enough to remove surgically, and Kennard has just weeks of chemotherapy left. Fortunately for me, though, I'm also very rare and aggressive. Kennard is now fighting cancer with everything she can, working out twice a day, fasting before chemotherapy, giving up sugar, which she says tumors crave. She hopes a combination of approaches will wear the tumor down. If that's not the case, if they don't think that I'm a good candidate for surgery, I'm still preparing my body for the best possible environment if I do have to be one of the people who lives with cancer. But Kennard can't help but think back and wonder what would have happened if she had demanded a biopsy sooner or if she hadn't gotten that second opinion at all. She's sharing her story and hopes people will learn from her hindsight and advocate for themselves. If you see something going on with your body and your doctor's answers aren't satisfying you, then push harder. Already, she's heard from women who have since gotten mammograms. Some found tumors. One has not only been diagnosed, but successfully treated. Somehow, Kennard is finding a way to illuminate what she admits can be a very dark place. I've learned so much about myself, about what I can take on, and I've also learned what I want to do with this, which is to try to help other people. Back at the gym, Kennard works through a room of seemingly impossible weights. Her lean muscles flex, sweat beads on her freshly shaven head. Kennard kind of resembles a superhero under the fluorescent lights, talking about saving others while fighting for her own life. And now we wait to see what news a week of tests will mean for her going forward. And as always, the whole lead community is here for Meg during this time. And again, keep an ear out for her next Tuesday. Welcome to the wind down section. Our little break from the news. The news cannot hide from the wind down section. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. <laughs> keep going, keep going. We're keeping you that in. You can't hide from the news. No one can hide. Yeah, <laughs> the wind down section's barely safe. Not this Friday, because it's Friday, so we're going to get some news from Josh in a second. But we want to hear your stories. Always, always, hey, always, always. We want to know. And in order for that to happen, you have to just give us a single donation of one to three minutes <laughs> by calling 803-563-7169. We want to hear from you. Honestly. We really do. But yeah, tell us what's going on. It's summertime. 
And that being said, AT, I think we already have a voicemail. Oh, we already have to. one. Oh, we already have one. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you can't give we us want, one. We want we want we do want you guys to call and even though we're going to we're we're taking little, some little hiatus. Uh, we're taking it's not really like we're it's a hiatus from Summer. this form of show. I mean, yes. I'm, I'm going to Maine. Gavin is going to Mykonos, Greece. <laughs> um, but uh so uh, where, wherever you guys are going, just just give us a call from Parts Unknown. If you're yeah. on a beach, call us. If, you, if, if you're in Mykonos, try and meet up with Gavin. On <laughs> <Yeah>. a... <laughs> no music allowed in Mykonos after six. No, it's going to really cramp your style. Yeah, it's going to be wild. <laughs> anyway, let's get to our call. It's not about us. It's about you. We are nobodies and you are somebodies. We see you. Now let us hear you. <laughs> Here we go. Hi, Gavin and AT. This is Catherine from Mount Pleasant. Hope you guys are doing well. Was just calling to coming off of a pretty cool project this weekend. I thought you guys might want to hear about. Um, I'm on the Town of Mount Pleasant Culture Arts and Pride Commission, and we just renovated eight of the sweetgrass basket stands that run along Highway 17. Um, we did that this weekend. We uh, cleared away some bushes and limbs and things that were kind of taking those over, and we um, replaced some wood and primed and painted those stands. Just really made them look nice, uh, and I just love this project because it hits on all three of what we're trying to do here at Mount Pleasant with this commission, culture, arts, and pride. Um, as I'm sure you know and most of your lead listeners know, uh, the sweetgrass baskets are our official state handcraft, so it's pretty cool to, to uh, help out these weavers and these artisans in terms of renovating those stands and hopefully having more folks stop by and, and see the beautiful pieces that they produce and have for sale uh, along Highway 17. So wanted to let you guys know we did that this weekend, and um, more uh, in, and interestingly in terms of travel, as you guys have been asking listeners about that, uh, my family, my husband and I, and my 14-year-old daughter are fully vaccinated, have been for a while now. We're headed to Costa Rica in a couple of weeks, so looking forward to that trip uh, before school starts. My daughter will be starting school this fall at Wando High School. can't believe I have a high schooler. Uh, and my son will be going into fifth grade, last year of elementary school. So just getting ready for back to school, but one more vacation before then. I'm looking forward to that. So thank you guys for continuing to keep us updated about what's going on around the state. And it's always a pleasure to listen to what you guys have going on. So thanks for your work and talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, Catherine, thanks for calling. I love hearing about the renovated sweetgrass basket stands. Uh, that sounds like some great work. And I think we've all seen those if you've traveled on Highway 17. I know I have for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, great work that your commission's doing. And love hearing that the whole family's vaccinated. That's clutch. Great especially, to hear. You love to hear it. Especially as Truly you're traveling, going to Costa Rica. Blessed. Oh, yeah. Send Coast us a postcard. From Jurassic Park. <laughs> and I, I mean, as a, as a northerner moving here, the first time I saw Wando, and every time I see Wando, I, I in my head I say Me thinks. Wando. Huh. And because I just think of Barbara Walters saying, Wando Calwizian <laughs> from Star Wars. Anyway, it's not about me. It's not about us, Gavin. Today is... Yeah. Is probably the saddest day in American history. Yeah, is that uh, it's it's our final day of Josh's news. Mm-hmm. The uh, news of the unknown for uh, us. Just terrible, Josh. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing as good as I can be for it's, it being it's my last very day. somber, I, yeah. I mentioned that we had those leftovers in the break room from a function last night. I'm like, Josh, look what we provided for you on your last day. <laughs> he's, like donuts and like a, a sad little veggie tray. A veggie and tray no one wanted. The yeah. cauliflower I thought was going to stick around until next week. It's already gone. Yeah, Who could eat gone. at and a time And there's no like dip, everybody. There's no ranch dressing oh, in you're, there. you're going in raw. Gross. Oh, it's disgusting. But anyway. Who, who could eat at a time like this, Josh? I, I mean, give us some good news. Really, really lift our spirits. Yeah. Please. All right. So 
I can't guarantee whether or not this will be good news for some people. Well, great. That's my favorite kind of good news from you. Well, I got to start this off with a question. Who yep. here has had a pet goldfish? Oh, oh <laughs> I, know I, where, I know where this is going. <laughs> I, I, my goldfish, they never last. I mean, uh, I, I think my dad would kill them in the night and be like, sorry, AT, now we don't have to take care of them, though. Yeah, we had one. I think my mom stole some betta fish. I know this is different because I know where this is going. <laughs> betta fish? Jump out beta. of there. Yeah, they also get really depressed. We only like alpha fishes on this podcast <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all of mine, all of mine died. Yeah. And I, honestly, though, I did learn the most important life life lesson uh-uh. from them. Oh, what's that? Eating too much can kill you. <laughs> <laughs> CAT, give me a hard time for my five slices of pizza. That's yeah, not enough. It's not enough. And I think every Keep listener, uh, uh, they have no self control, so they just eat whatever you feed them until yeah. they die. So. I relate. Anyway, Josh, let's hear. We're seen here. I feel, seen, I feel heard. Get all right. <laughs> so I found an NPR report. Oversized goldfish are taking over one Minnesota lake, causing (laughs) issues for local fish. Authorities in Burnsville, Minnesota, tweeted a warning urging residents and owners of pet goldfish not to dispose them in lakes and ponds. Mm. I always just flush them down the toilet. Straight straight down the toilet. An honor, you know. Right down the john. The city claims that one local lake has been taken over by overgrown goldfish because of this. This isn't the first time, apparently, a lake in Minnesota was (laughs) (laughs) overrun by goldfish. (laughs) Last November... In a different Minnesota lake, a team had to remove a truckload of 500,000 goldfish due to environmental issues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 500. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. 500,000. That's a lot. That's pretty that's derogatory goldfish? to the casserole. Oh, please. Yeah. Anyway, you can well send me some white bread. What brought attention to these stories, including myself, all over the internet were the pictures oh. showing the size of the goldfish. How big yeah. are these? I've seen, I, you haven't seen this? No. Oh, they it's a big. massive little big old this fish. Isn't, it's not the dankest news story, so I'm, I'm only up on very dank, dank Twitter news. So, Josh, <laughs> how big are these goldfish? They're huge. They they usually range, they're literally the size of football, so anywhere oh, from 12, adorable. 12 to 18 inches long. Oh, huge. my God. Yeah. And yeah. to put it in the scale, the average weight of a goldfish from a pet store is about 0. 0.2, 0. 0.6 of a pound. I was going to say Goals. grams, you know? Yeah. These these fish are four pounds. Whoa! <laughs> can you, Tap the brakes, baby. Can you eat them? I, not, I, I tried to figure out if you yeah, can or not, the, but yeah. I couldn't find any. Like the carp. The flying carp. Yeah, there's some kind of carp. They gotta, they you you gotta get the, it to be like a chic menu item at, at like farm-to-table restaurants where they can Quick, get rid yeah. of five hundred thousand. Uh, like the snakehead fish up in Maryland, and exactly, all that stuff. and like the dirty, dirty gross fish that you just gotta like fry and eat. It's you really know, good. kind of. I wonder. I know it's gonna be too cold, but what if they take the pythons from Florida that are overrunning Florida, dump them in the lake, drop them up in Minnesota? They're gonna die in the winter time. It's kind of like you a would think sound. so. Yeah. Didn't this happen in the Simpsons? I think uh, in Australia. Yeah, they brought the frogs, but in Australia is being overrun by mice. Oh, I think gross. they're still going. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Ooh. even the predators are like, eh, we don't want them anymore. Well, Josh, this doesn't happen <laughs> when you flush it down the toilet, right? That's, I don't think so. That's just Barry game over. That's what there. I was worried about. Mm-hmm. Cuz then that was that that raises the question of what's going on with our filtration system. Mm. <laughs> that these fish are ending up in that the lake. That they're slipping through. All drains yeah. leave to the ocean, lead to the yeah. ocean. But we this is that. a lake, yeah. Talk about oh. dumping, man. I I mean, I I was always scared of like alligators in the sewers when I was a kid, but this is this whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know what to do, Mm. When they get a goldfish, yeah. the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service did release a guide called How to Break Up with Your Fish. Aww. So <laughs> I imagine pet stores, for every goldfish purchase, they hand you a receipt and a pamphlet 
on how to how to how to break up killing your fish. pet <laughs> like i mean killing your your fully alive pet yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know there's a responsibility here people what's the You're best way to get rid of it do you know josh i didn't i don't oh, i didn't read it some reporter you are it's a peaceful <laughs> it's a peaceful burial down the drain i don't plan on ever owning a fish again because you yeah, did you have know, they, but I mean you're like a nice passive pet but then the cleaning out of the tank is always just like the Ugh. I mean Josh says no no more fish in his life but he's got one fish one life lesson out of it so oh, yeah. who knows what you'd learn from your second you're right. fish you know right. <laughs> <laughs> well Josh I gotta say you uh, have been the greatest intern of yes. my lifetime yeah um, I, I wish you didn't have to leave and I wish you'd uh, live with me forever <laughs> in the studio <laughs> every time I just Never turn leave. on the light in my office, you're there. I wish that were so. It's an illustration of what this looks like on, a, on a Instagram. Yes. But uh, no, but Josh will be going back to USC this fall, but he'll still be helping us on, on our little uh, South of Spooky project. Yes, Josh too, isn't so. really going away, yeah. just for the listeners. But yes. I am sad. I want to hear more news, yeah. all that kind of jazz. But oh, cool. I, I still get to interact with him all the time. So it's yes. great. Thank you, Josh. You, you, you are a pleasure. Thank you for your service, Josh. Now yes. we will flush you away. <laughs> <laughs> just as you wish to be buried in the As sea. long as I grow big like the goldfish, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I could well, use that's a few, another lesson, few extra yeah. inches. <laughs> well, uh-huh. Gavin, that was great. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I hope you have a good time in Greece. Yes, I'll be there uh, through the first two weeks of August. Gonna was going over there for a, a Greek gonna wedding. My, you're going to miss my birthday. Yeah, that was uh, that was actually planned. Very, oh, <laughs> was very planned. rude. Very rude. Um, <laughs> but I'll be back. Well, uh, it sounds like uh, you know if I if they let me out of the country if I pass my COVID test, they're gonna like you so much there that they're gonna keep you there. Yeah, I'm, uh, it will be interesting. I, I'll give you a little bit of an update about how it all goes. I mean, I've already had to fill out forms to make sure that I can get into the country, mm-hmm. and then uh, going on the way back, I think you have to have a, you have to have a negative COVID test too, because I'm also going through London at Heathrow. You have to even just transiting through, you have to show yeah. you negative. So, uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm gonna go there with my mom and my aunt, my uncle, and my cousin. So it should be a fun time. I hope you have a great time. I'll man. try and put together a little piece, but I doubt it. Yeah, and maybe, folks, maybe if we're bored, we'll we'll do a little wind down and just release it some sometime in the next yeah. few months. Yeah. Just because we're gonna miss you guys. Mm-hmm. And we're oh. gonna have some good episodes come up. We already taped a few, and oh, we got good stuff. I gotta tell you, there's stuff for everyone in this. Mm-hmm. I, and when I say that, I mean it. Like this, this runs the gamut. It runs a Family. spectrum. Oh, it's about family, and you're going to like the way you look. I will say that <laughs> an oversight on my part was not to include an in-depth conversation on Fast and Furious. Franchise. Yeah, I know. We should have we booked Dom Toretto. Anyway, uh, Josh is dying. Uh, so, uh, Gavin, t- hit the credits. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Josh. Thanks to our listeners. And again, show your support by leaving us a voicemail at 803-563-7169 or a review on iTunes. And you can start today with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Meow, 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 meow. Meow. Uh. Meow. <laughs> What's wrong, buddy?